So did you guys know that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar writes Mycroft Holmes comic books now? No, but I'm not as surprised as I probably should be. <laughs> he also yeah, writes he, he Sherlock wrote Holmes weird, novels. Right? He writes. Yeah. I feel like I knew that. Yeah, I, I feel I like he, I knew that, a weird yeah. thing about it. I, I, I guess he's just been waiting since his career as a professional basketball player for Sherlock Holmes to enter the public domain, because as soon as it did, he started writing a ton of Sherlock Holmes stuff for some reason. I That's thought that Sherlock Holmes was in the public domain for a long time. You're saying it was fairly recent? Uh, I I think that it was like within the past decade. It's what, 70, really? 70 no. years after the death of the author, right? Uh, I, I don't know if that's true for every instance. Yeah. Well, I know it works different in Britain, because Peter Pan, for example, is uh, in the public domain in the UK, but it is not in the public domain in the US. Disney owns it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm holding here Mycroft Holmes and the Apocalypse Handbook, uh, a comic book written by Kareem Abdul-Jabbar about Sherlock Holmes's <laughs> brother for some reason. <laughs> um... I yeah I don't I don't I went hold on when did Arthur Conan Doyle die? That's the real question. Uh, the in last Sherlock Holmes stories 30s? was published in 1923. I'm looking now. He died in 1930. Yeah, I did it. And but it's very weird. The answer to whether it's in the public domain or not is maybe. <laughs> So, yeah, he went kind of nuts near the end, didn't he? Oh, he believed those girls who faked the, the photos of the fairies. Oh, yes. Well, yes. That's so, uh, if I, it might be up to 75 years after his death, uh, after the death of the author, which would mean then 2005 was when it entered the public domain, but it uh, might have been in 2000. Well, apparently in the UK, it's after the last piece of fiction that they are in, not after the author's death. I see. So, 1923 uh, means that... Wait, no, this is wrong. <laughs> I don't think it, this is right. Well, we don't know if any of our numbers are correct here. That's a, there's another weird thing in the UK where sometimes people have character rights. Like, there are uh, stories that the guy who invented Daleks wrote that are not Doctor Who stories that have Daleks in them because he's allowed to use them sometimes. Yeah, or like how <laughs> no one is allowed to portray um, uh, Professor X except for Patrick Stewart. And that was true even before the first X-Men movie was made, which was very yeah. weird. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's, uh, <laughs> that's why on that novel that was a Star Trek uh, X-Men crossover, he is both characters. Yes. Yeah, it's weird because Patrick Stewart isn't in that novel at all. And yeah, no, somehow. he's not. <laughs> I mean, like, a writer credit, he's co-author. <laughs> <laughs> he had to write all the dialogue for both of those characters. <laughs> it's like those books that come out now that say uh, George R.R. R. Martin really big at the top and right above that very small edited by. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they just need the name to sell it. <laughs> Oh man, I would read a novel by Patrick Stewart so bad, though. I mean, it would not oh, be a good boy. novel, but it he would must be... have a book about his life or something, doesn't he? Tech War: The Next know. Generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> That's a pretty good. That joke. would be a great. That would be a great joke name for your autobiography. <laughs> no lie, Patrick Stewart. If you're listening, I know we aren't recording the episode yet, but mm, oh man, he's probably gonna die soon, right? He's seventy-seven. He's in great health, though. Yeah, I feel he's... like he's someone who could live to be a hundred. Yeah, he yeah. has like a thirty. He has a thirty-five-year-old wife that makes him youthful now, right? 
Well, he's vampiring her youth energy. Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Do. Why that's do British do people get man. so old? Tea. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got those tannins in it, which is what causes leather. So I it do, just turns into leather. I slowly. do genuinely think that, like, coffee and, and caffeine and sugar in the American diet is, like, so bad for all of us that we are mm. killing ourselves much more quickly than uh, in other parts of the world. Counterpoint, they drink way more coffee in Sweden, and those people live even longer than the British. That's true. Maybe it's not the coffee, then. Maybe it's just the sugar. and Like, the fact oh, that sugar is in every, sugar. every food in the United States that you can yeah. buy. You can't buy, yeah. like... Uh, a, a squash without there being added sugar. Oh, it's so bad for us. It really, really is. I'm really mad that all that stuff happened in the uh, 70s where they were like, mm, we're, we know that sugar is bad for sure, but we're going to pretend it's fat. You know what is cheap? Corn syrup. Let's put that in everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know what we have way too much of? Corn. Let's figure it out, guys. I mean, yep. it is the native crop of our continent. Yeah, it's like it's like when they're like, hey, let's cut this gasoline with lead because no one wants lead for anything else, so I guess this is what we have, so let's do it. it seems yeah. weird to brag that guy. the gas is unleaded. That's yeah. the normal way yeah. that it should be. <laughs> that was specifically a, a lead magnate, wasn't it? He, like, lobbied. He schmoozed the gas people and lobbied the government to be like, yeah, cut it with lead. That's what you need to do. It's you need a, to buy lead I still genuinely, me, a person who is interested in science... I still don't understand how you. What did you do with the? How lead is not liquid naturally. <laughs> did you dissolve? Well, you melt it. Did you think about did that? Did you dissolve <laughs> the lead in gasoline? Can you do that? Does that? They, they sure. kept it in very hot containers. <laughs> yeah, that's why gasoline's always so. That's why hot it's so bad for your car. Yeah, it was in boiling containers to keep the lead melted. Yep. Yeah, the seventies were a wild time, man. You used to, after you pumped your gas, yeah, you, you used to have to cut the ribbon of molten lead with a pair of scissors before you could drive away from the. Well, pump. remember those gas shortages in the seventies where people had to line up? It's because they had to boil all that uh, gasoline up before yeah. they could put it in your car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The gas, the the uh, the gas jerk would sometimes swish it around in his mouth and be like, "Ah, it's the right consistency now." <laughs> and then he'd be like, "Ah, um, ah," and die. <laughs> People were tougher way back then. <laughs> <laughs> Not that much tougher because he did die, but he he managed to get a couple words out before his <laughs> tongue vaporized at the boiling point of lead. <laughs> he didn't let death stop him, though. Not like today's millennial cowards. <laughs> that a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine.